Hello everyone, welcome back. We are going to go ahead and start uh, looking at Chapter 7 in your North Carolina Pesticide Applicator Certification Core Manual. Um, title of the lecture is entitled Pesticide Hazards and First Aid. And actually this is a PowerPoint that I did not actually uh, put together. Actually it was taken from Washington State University from the National Pesticide Applicator Certification Core Manual. And they actually use it as a different chapter. But I've modified it just a little bit, but I do want to give credit to Washington State University uh, for the majority of this information uh, in here. And uh, let's go ahead and get started. It'd probably be better to go ahead and read Chapter 7 prior to watching the lecture, uh, but suit yourself. Um, I just always recommend pre-read. Pesticide hazards and first aid. This module is going to help you know the different types of effects the pesticides can have on your health. Uh, we're going to learn the, the routes of exposure. There's different routes that we can become exposed to pesticides. And we're going to recognize some of the symptoms uh, of pesticide exposure. And then we're going to know when and how to give uh, first aid. All right, pesticides and humans. You know, insects, rodents, and humans, they have similar nervous, circulatory, and respiratory systems. So pesticides can affect people too. Well, think about it. Um, we're applying an insecticide that is actually going to attack the insect's nervous system. Well, that insecticide can, can affect our nervous system as well. It can attack it. Um, you know, rodents, we put out a rodenticide. Uh, you know, we're going to go after its circulatory system. So when we're applying this type of pesticide, it can also cause damage to our circulatory system. And some of the health effects of these pesticides can either be short or long term. And then you may not even know the effects to later on in life. You may not even, you know, you might not even be able to pinpoint the time that you actually put that pesticide out because you're, you're experiencing health effects later on down the road. And then we also need to understand that some of these pesticides are explosives or, or combustible and that they have these risks associated with them as well. Alright, now we're going to start talking about hazard, um, which is hazard is simply toxicity times exposure. Book talks about it. It's a good little reading about it in your book. But hazard, it's the risk or it's the potential for injury. Toxicity, the capacity of the pesticide to cause injury and exposure is the risk of the pesticide entering uh, or contacting the body. So simply put, hazard is the toxicity times exposure. Well, certain pesticides are going to have different toxicity levels. Others are going to be higher toxicity. Others are going to be low toxicity. Then you're going to have exposure. You know, you may, you may put out a high toxicity pesticide one time and it's a great hazard. You may put out a low toxicity pesticide several, several, several times and that's your exposure could be a hazard. So think about it with that. We've got a good example comparing gasoline um, to aspirin. But higher toxicity is equal to greater hazard, lower toxicity, less hazard. Higher exposure, greater hazard, lower exposure, less hazard. So when you look at that, previous when I talked about you can actually have a higher tax toxicity um, and the higher exposure rate of it is a high hazard and then a lower toxicity 
put over many, many times, exposed to it many, many times, you have a greater hazard. And here, you know, great picture from the North Carolina Department of Agriculture. We have a Christmas tree guy spraying furidan and insecticide. So it's a restricted use pesticide. Look at the safety precautions that this uh, applicator uh, is using. He's using a full face mask with respirator, full coveralls. I mean, he looks like a space guy out there. So, I mean, this, this tells you that this is a very, very uh, dangerous uh, pesticide. And as you can see here on the label, uh, danger poison, pellegro. So it's, uh, it's some bad stuff there, guys. All right, here's our gas. All right, gas, you know, high toxicity. Um, aspirin, low toxicity, but has a high exposure risk. Gas, low exposure risk for the simple fact that your nozzles have incorporated these safety cutoff switches. Uh, so when you go to fill up your car, you know, you're, you're not really being exposed to gas. Um, yeah, you're going to smell the vapors, and I can always think of my little girl when, when we fill up the uh, fill up uh, either the truck or my wife's car. You know, she rolls down the window. She's like, "Dad, I just love the smell of gas." Well, she shouldn't be doing that. But the only the only uh, exposure we're getting are, are to those fumes. Yeah, we're not supposed to light a cigarette or do anything like that. But we're not going to get the gas on us. Gas is harmful to us either by the vapors catching on fire or, you know, if we swallow it, we ingest the gasoline. It's very dangerous. Um, you know, get a little bit on our skin. Yeah, it's going to burn. It's going to itch. You know, you might get a rash from it. But these shutoff valves, we have a low exposure risk. Now, with aspirin, you know, it's very low toxicity. But think about it. If a child becomes exposed to aspirin, opens the bottle somehow or another. If we didn't have those child-proof caps, a child could open that aspirin bottle and take all of it. It has a high exposure risk for that. It's low toxicity, but high exposure risk. Hazards increase when we are mixing and loading the concentrate. As you see here, the young lady pouring in the concentrate into the tank. She's wearing an apron, full face mask. She's wearing a hard hat. She's got rubber gloves, and she's got her coveralls. Very, very dangerous when we are uh, mixing and loading our pesticides, guys. Hazards increase with a very high uh, single exposure. Um, you know, you may be putting out that. Just think about the uh, the Christmas tree guy right there spraying. He's spraying that just one time, but it's uh, his hazards increase by that high single exposure. And then after many exposures over and over again, you know, spraying Roundup every day, it's, you know, not that dangerous for you. But if you spray it over and over every single day and you keep getting it on your skin in the same spot, yeah, you're going you're gonna to see some pesticide effects from that. Reduce your hazards. You know, you're always going to try to use the least toxic pesticides. That's, that's the, the number one way to reduce your hazards. And then second is wearing personal protective equipment. And a lot of times we're all guilty of not wearing our PPE, me for one. Yes, when we're out mowing a homeowner's yard, you know, most of the time I do wear long pants uh, just because of the nature of the business. But, I mean, there are times when I do wear shorts and I weed eat with shorts and my legs get cut. And then, like, we see some weeds in the shrub beds, so I'm going to grab the, the Roundup. You know, I shouldn't be doing that. I should actually be wearing full long sleeve pants, long sleeve shirt when doing that. And I've always told students in the past, that's why I actually like having a separate pesticide crew. Your mowing guys really don't need to go out and do your spraying. They need to mow, blow, and go. They need to be there 
as, as little as time as possible. Do a great job, but hurry up and get to the next job. When you're cutting grass for a living, the more yards you cut a day, the more profitable you are. When it comes to spraying a pesticide, that's a one-man show. You need one guy to go out, spray your beds, spray your lawns, put out your pre-emergent. That's a one-man show. You don't need to have two guys sitting in the mowing truck waiting for that guy to spray pesticides when they could be out mowing other yards. But remember, hazard is equivalent to toxicity times exposure. Attitude makes all the difference. Guys, always read and follow the label carefully. That's, that's your number one job as a pesticide applicator. You're breaking the law if you're not. And always please, please be aware of the people in the environment um, that you're getting ready to spray. Are you spraying next to a schoolhouse? Is it, are you spraying next to a, um, uh, an agricultural field? Are you spraying next to somebody's sensitive plants that they have in their yard? I mean, you know, is drift going to be a problem and blow over into the next, next yard? you got to be aware of your environment and the people and, and areas around you. Poisoning effects. We have contact, we have systemic, and we have allergic. And think about this, we talked about in previous unit, um, you know, contact pesticides, systemic. Same thing when, when we're spraying our plants. We have some pesticides that we can spray on the plant, contact, kills it right away. Other times it may take uh, the pesticide to absorb that pesticide into the plant structure and move out through the plant, systemic, and then allergic. The contact effects can be skin irritation, Things such as dermatitis, itching, redness, rashes, blisters, burns. Um, you know, you get that pesticide on your skin, you know, you're going to get some itching and redness. Same thing with some gasoline. Eyes, you know, you can see anything from swelling to stinging and burning. Uh, nose, mouth, throat irritation. Uh, and it's typical of herbicides and fungicides and other products. And typically in the horticulture industry, our number one pesticide that we're going to apply is a herbicide. Then next is probably going to be a fungicide. So we're going to, and in the horticulture business, you know, contact, getting it on our skin is probably going to be the number one way that we're going to be exposed to pesticides. Contact injury to the skin, most common form of pesticide poisoning. Wow, I reread um, re the slide. I mean, pre-read the slide. I knew what I was going to say, right? No, I didn't. Um, but getting it on your skin, for one, we're going to forget our gloves. Um, then we're going to get it on our gloves. Not, I mean, we're going to get it on our hands. Then our face is going to itch. And we're going to scratch. Next thing you know, we're wiping the sweat off the back of our neck. We've got that pesticide all over simply by not wearing gloves. Systemic effects from pesticides that target animals. Like we said in the previous slide, insecticides goes after the nervous system, rodenticides goes after the circulatory system, and if we're going after these type of pests and we're applying these pesticides without using proper safety precautions and personal protective equipment, and we become exposed to it, we're applying an insecticide, our nervous system is going to be affected. If we're putting out the rodenticide, our circulatory system is going to be affected. Not, not what you want to be exposed to. Insecticide symptoms can include nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, headache, dizziness, weakness, excessive sweating, tearing, chills, thirst, chest pain, breathing difficulty, body aches, and cramps. And I mean, a lot of these symptoms are very similar to other medical emergencies, but 
you know, typically in in our industry, if we see somebody, you know, passed out beside a truck and there's chemicals on the back of the truck, we can assume, hey, he's put out this pesticide. Or if he's still wearing the backpack and he's fell over somewhere, um, or they're they're walking up to us, walking up to our truck, and we, you know, he's starting to throw up and he's got a backpack on his uh, on his back. He's sweating. He's complaining of a massive headache. A lot of these chemicals, anyway, just smelling them, you're going to get a headache immediately. Um, 2,4-D, that chemical. We used to put out uh, the Trimec. Just smelling that every day, even Speed Zone. I used to spray a lot of Speed Zone every day when I was in the in the field. Speed Zone, without a respirator, you're going to have a massive headache at the end of it. But it's not an insecticide. It's actually a herbicide. But all these, head, uh, all these pesticides can cause some of these symptoms. So always look at the truck. Um, you know, see what they're spraying. You're probably going to see a label somewhere, so you'll know what they're spraying if you start seeing uh, uh, some of your coworkers have these uh, symptoms. Allergic effects can be contact or systemic. Uh, you may receive dermatitis, blisters, hives. You know, just think about when somebody gets bee stung. You know, you start seeing them break out in hives. Uh, they start itching and scratching everywhere. A lot of this can come from pesticides as well. Um, be aware if the person's going into life-threatening shock. Very, very scary situation with that. They could have red or itchy eyes. Uh, respiratory discomfort. They may start acting like they have asthma. Or some of these pesticides may, you know, somebody could have asthma and may not have ha ha had an asthma attack, but being exposed to a certain type of pesticide could, could make that asthma uh, reoccur. Uh, routes of entry, skin, dermal, also called dermal. 97% of all body exposure during spraying is by skin contact. Well, here we have a young individual, actually looks like a Navy person with the dungarees on, correct? Uh, but they've applied a pesticide. And, uh, you know, in my reading, forget uh, what the individual was spraying. Um, Trying to see actually what uh, uh, what they were spraying. They were, you know, my notes say that the person was mixing and loading without the use of gloves. Ah, yes, don't actually know the chemical, but they actually put a fluorescent dye uh, into uh, into the spray mixture. Well, you can't see the pesticide exposure here. This gentleman did not wear gloves, and they had that fluorescent dye, and so when they stick it under like a, uh, like a black light or glow lamp, you can see the pesticide all over, all over his hands. Now look how scary that is. Just think, hey, wipe my face, you know, my eyes are sweating. I'm taking that pesticide and I'm putting it all over my skin. Different parts of your body uh, vary in your ability to absorb these pesticides. You know, take a look at the scalp forehead, you know, they can absorb 36%, armpit, 64%, ear canal, four, uh, 40, forearms and palms, um, 9%. Well, think about it. That guy had it all over his hands, on his palms. You know, uh, the palm can only absorb about 12% of that pesticide. But he goes up here and he wipes his forehead and, uh, you know, rubs his scalp. Look how much more of that part of his body can absorb that pesticide. And even worse, what if this guy did not wash his hands before going to use the bathroom? He can actually absorb 100% of the pesticide uh, 
in the genitalia area. Scary thinking about that. Um, and here they actually used uh, pyrithion um, was the, uh, the absorption rate used here in this graph. I'm thinking if there's anything else I want to tell you about this. Well, basically, you can see the higher percentage rates, armpit 64, area 100%. These pesticides are going to be absorbed in warm, moist parts of the body. Um, greater dermal absorption, warm, moist areas, growing, armpits, head, neck. And then if you have any cuts, abrasion, or rashes, another thing, just think about me weeding. Um, you know, I still help my dad some, especially on uh, Saturdays if, if they get behind in their uh, uh, lawn maintenance uh, business. But if I'm out in shorts and I take up a weed eater and I weed eat somebody's driveway and I always pick up a few rocks and well, I cut my legs and i am you know, got some abrasions, I'm bleeding a little bit. Well, then dad's like, hey, son, I got some uh, weeds in the back bed. Can you get the Roundup off the truck and go spray it? Well, I put the backpack on, and I start spraying, and, you know, I get some of that mist, come back on my leg. Well, I've got cuts and scrapes on my legs. I'm absorbing the pesticide uh, a whole lot more than if uh, uh, I hadn't had the abrasions. Well, I should have been wearing pants, right? And here, also, pesticide formulations affect the absorption. Uh, you know, a granular, which is dry-based, and think about it, like, like fertilized, like a pellet, you know, if it hits your skin, it's not, you're not going to, you're not going to be exposed to it as much, you're not going to absorb it. Water-based, yeah, it's like a powder, yeah, it's going to stay on your skin, but if you wash it off really quick, brush it off, uh, less exposure. Multifiable concentrate, whoo, they, uh, they're going to get you pretty good. And the reason uh, the multifiable concentrate has the active ingredient its active ingredient is dissolved in an oil base or petroleum solvent, which is readily absorbed by our skin. So that pesticide's um, going through our skin and actually getting into our into our body a whole lot quicker. So we're going from least absorbed to most absorbed. All right, routes of entry, lungs or inhalation. Inhalation exposure can occur when using wettable powders, dust, gas vapors, and even sprays. You know, on a windy day, just spraying Roundup, you know, you may get that mist. And you know how some of these adjustable backpack sprayers are? You know, you turn the nozzle tips one way and you'll have a direct stream, or you can turn it the opposite way and get it all the way down to like a mist. So those sprays can blow back in and, you know, breathe it into your lungs. Um, you can get it in your lungs when you're while mixing and loading, uh, especially when it comes to these wettable powders and dusts. Um, you know, you're dumping that into the tank. You've got that poof of powder come back up in your face. Always wear a respirator. And then during applications, especially, you know, any of your sprays, like I said, uh, if you're doing it in a mist or the wind picks up a little bit, you're going to get it. If you're applying a dust, definitely have a chance of getting it into your lungs. So please, please make sure that you wear a respirator. You know, and in the next lecture, we're going to talk a little bit more about PPE. Um, and, you know, you'll, you'll understand... Uh, a little bit more of the, the personal protective equipment that's out there for pesticide applicators. It's gone. All right, protect yourself from inhalation exposure. Fumigants are active gases, which um, 
which is kind of a scary thing. Fumigants, they are, they are, they are products that start out as liquids or solids and become a gas. Those are, those are your fumigants. Uh, they change into a gaseous state. Uh, fumigants, they're non-selective, which means they're going to kill everything that they're intended to do. So if you're putting out a fumigant for insects, you know, how many times you ever heard of somebody having to have their house uh, fumigated for fleas? Well, you're supposed to leave and you're not supposed to come back for so many hours. Well, if you're in the house, it's going to affect you too. If it's designed to kill that bug and affect its uh, respiratory uh, or its nervous system, it's going to affect your nervous system. Rounds of entry, eyes. Eyes are able to absorb surprisingly large amounts of chemical. Oil. Wash your hands before eating, drinking, smoking, or going to the bathroom at breaks. You know, this industry attracts a lot of people that, that have a tobacco problem. Um, you know, it's something that my father banned from his business probably back, goodness, probably 98, 99 uh, maybe even 2000 uh, that he had banned. There's no smoking in my trucks. There's no smoking on my customers' properties. It's the biggest safety hazard there is. You put out a chemical, you get it on your hands, you smoke, or you take a dip. It's the worst thing you can do. Go into the bathroom, and that's always kind of hard uh, for us being in the landscape industry. Um, you know, especially on a construction site, you know, you're doing a new installation. Yeah, they may or may not have water on site. They're always going to have a portage on. So please make sure that you have some way to, to wash your hands uh, before using the restroom. Here we see an individual, again, you know, using that uh, uh, fluorescent dye. The gentleman has applied pesticide. He's gone up and touched his mouth with his hands, and you can see the pesticide on his lips. So please, please wash before you eat. Possible harmful effects from pesticides, you can have acute effects, you can have chronic effects, and you can have delayed effects. Acute effects, they occur from a single exposure. You can see here, it's, he's dropped the, uh, the pesticide container and uh, it's, uh, it's on him. Develops within 24 hours of exposure and any effect is measured. The toxicity usually expresses LD50 or LC50. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. That's... Uh, Kind of a tricky, uh, tricky thing, but it's neat. It's neat to figure this stuff out and to actually know what it is. Um, but acute toxicity, guys, uh, are determined by exposing laboratory animals to the toxant. Uh, the EPA requires testing of acute systemic defects by measuring any negative effect that occurs uh, through doses that cause death. And then when comparing toxicities of pesticides um, and classifying the pesticide toxicity, scientists and the EPA use the LD50 or LC50 concentrate. So let's take a look at what that means. Exciting stuff, ladies and gentlemen. LD50 uh, and LC50, they are laboratory experiments. Uh, that measure the dose it takes to kill 50% of the test animals. That's why we see the 50. For example, purposes. Uh, let's say that we have population of rats. We have uh, we have 100 rats in three different experiments. 
through oil exposure, we are going to feed uh, each group of rats um, a certain amount of pesticide. One group's going to get 100 milligrams per kilogram. The other one's going to get 10 milligrams per kilogram. And then the last group is going to get 1 milligram per kilogram of the toxin. Well, as you can see, we had 100, 100 lab rats in this group, in this group, and that group. So we had 300 total. Well, when we give them a dose of 100 milligrams per kilogram, we had 96 of the, the test rats die. Well, at 10 milligrams, we had 50. So 50 out of 100 is 50%. And then 1 milligram per kilogram, we only had 12 uh, of the lab rats uh, die. Um, so with this right here, having 50% of the lab rats alive and 50% are dead, um, this is what we call the lethal dose 50. So 10 milligrams per kilogram uh, in this example is the LD50 for that chemical. And when we're talking about LC50, um, we're talking about when we breathe it in. So we have a concentration of a substance in air or even water that kills 50% of a test population. And it's measured in parts per million. Um, they even do eye toxicity tests as well. Uh, you may or may not see that on your pesticide labeling. So the lower the LD50 value, the more toxic the um, more toxic the uh, the product. You don't find the LD50 on the label, but the EPA sets the signal word based on these LD values. They have limitations. They only measure death rates, not the less serious acute effects. They do not translate directly to humans. And they only measure effects of a single exposure, not multiple exposures. They're only doing the test on the lab animals one time. They're not always the best measure uh, to use when discussing toxicity since they don't give you all the information about the pesticide's hazard. They tell you what the amount of the chemical causes death but not about other less serious acute effects. Because LD50 studies are conducted on laboratory animals, such as mice and rabbits, the numbers cannot be applied directly to us. And some products like Paraquat, a danger poison herbicide, are actually more toxic to humans than they are the animals. And Paraquat, Lord have mercy. I remember my dad spraying Paraquat, some nasty, stinky stuff. And I remember him putting that out on the driveways. You know, we have a gravel road driveway, and he put the paraquat on to keep the weeds from coming up. And holy cow, me and my brother walked outside the house, and he absolutely had a conniption and hollered for us to get back in the house. And, you know, it hurt our feelings being young, but uh, now I know why, because I remember him spraying paraquat. And actually, not long ago, we were cleaning out the shop and actually still had some paraquat in the shop. So some, uh, some good dangerous stuff there, guys. All right, chronic effects. Low-dose exposures over an extended period of time. As you can see mom with the baby. 
uh, you know, chronic effects can be birth defects, they can be toxic to the fetus, and they uh, can also cause, uh, cause you to have tumors. They may, may make you have some genetic changes. Blood disorders, nerve disorders, and that's why even, you know, I'm kind of going through some issues with some blood clots, and the doctors actually think that uh, I may have a blood disorder, so I wonder if it's uh, from too much exposure to pesticides. I, you know, I'm smiling now, but, I mean, it is a serious issue, and I'm, I'm hopefully working that out. But, uh, you know, I've always want to tell you, do as I say, not as I do, especially when it comes to, to working in the field, uh, because we all have the tendency to get kind of lazy. Well, it's not going to happen to me this time, you know. Uh, it's kind of like, I guess, you know, seatbelt. If you're just going to run down the store and get a gallon of milk, you're like, ah, I'm not going to put my seatbelt on, you know, just turn the radio up a little bit. You know, I'm going half a mile down the road to the gas station. Well, that's when you're going to have a car accident. So um, please, please always do as I say, not as I do, especially when it comes to the use of uh, personal protective equipment. And reproductive effects. You know, we saw <clears throat> in the previous lecture about the bald eagle and how it was having reproductive, um, um, you know, it was an emergency, you know, we, we almost lost our bald eagles, and then after we stopped using certain type of pesticide, uh, reproductive rates of the bald eagle have increased. Delayed effects, after 24 hours, and thereafter repeated exposures. Uh, for example, uh, organophosphates and carbonite insecticides, and this actual PowerPoint had a lot of, you know, slides about about these two types of insecticides, but um, you know, I think we're going to wait and we're going to talk about that uh, when we get into our ONT book uh, and when we start talking about the insecticides that we're going to see in our in our turf and in uh, in our, on our plants. I do want to mention this though: delayed effects from a pesticide exposure. Uh, 24 hours later, sometimes repeated exposure to organophosphate and carbonate insecticides have been known to cause symptoms such as memory loss after repeated exposure uh, to these neurotoxins. And this is something that I've not really done a lot of spraying with. I've not really messed with insecticides. And just being in our industry, and the slide previously, we talked about using herbicides and fungicides more so in horticulture. And now that I'm sitting back thinking about it, yeah. Put out a bunch of herbicides, and I put out next next thing I would probably put out would be fungicides for uh, um, for our turf grass diseases. So, um, may have only put out insecticides once or twice, and that was probably around my own house um, for uh, for some flea and tick uh, pesticides. You know, we got the cats and the dogs outside. Sometimes my wife will uh, scream about me doing that. She's like, "You're in the pesticide industry. Go go get some flea and tick." Uh, granulars to put out in our yard. So that's probably the only time I've done it once or twice. I don't think I've ever sprayed insecticides um, commercially. If we've done that, that's probably been something that my dad has probably done. Uh, recognizing symptoms of exposure, it varies to the pesticide and even the individual. Um, you know, we can see a rash, headache, nausea, dizziness. Um, you know, we need to become familiar with each type of pesticide. Uh, symp exposure symptoms that we're having. You know, Roundup may be different than um, an insecticide or uh, the fungicide. I mean, in fact, they are. So we need to become more familiar with it. Um, 
Um, what else I need to tell you about this? Yeah, it's like I said, for example, they're giving me an example in my notes. It says, if you have a headache and become nauseous um, while working with herbicides or even an insecticide, it doesn't mean that you've necessarily been exposed. Um, it couldn't simply mean that you may be getting the flu. It's good to be cautious. If you're working with a pesticide um, and then get a headache and become nauseous, it's wise to seek medical attention. Educate your physician about what you do and the products you handle so they can read up and be prepared to assist you. In a lot of emergency medical services, they, they study things like this. Um, you know, even being an EMT, uh, uh, medic side for, for the military, we've even studied some of these chemicals that um, that I've seen in the in the landscape side. Not not all of them, but you know, some of the uh, some of the actual chemicals uh, and some of these pesticides are found in other chemicals that that you know our soldiers may be exposed to. So you know EMS, they're probably going to know a little bit about the pesticide, and especially about some of the uh, um, the symptoms that they may start seeing with with their patients. If exposure occurs, administer first aid, uh, dilute the pesticide. Fill skin, remove contaminated clothing, wash skin, gently dry, and then loosely cover. If it's in the eyes, wash across the eyes for 15 minutes. If inhaled, get the victim to fresh air and lay them down. And then if ingested, induce vomiting, except and administer activated charcoal and water. Uh, and, you know, you may, you may want to check the label for that. Sometimes you may or may not want to induce the vomiting. Um, and then do not use a, a syrup of uh, IPEC. It's ineffective, which is some nasty, uh, nasty stuff there, guys. Um, read the label. Sometimes they don't want you. What's the, what's the bad thing about vomiting it up? As well, if it's already burned your esophagus and, uh, you know, going down, going down the pipe and it's in your stomach, well, if you vomit it back up, it's going to burn and expose that esophagus and, and the inner linings of the mouth again. Check, always check. Um, you know the label call EMS you're going to talk to a dispatcher they're going to be able to look up that information to you as well and they may or may not tell you to induce the, uh, the vomiting do not induce vomiting if the victim is unconscious or convulsing that's common sense ladies and gentlemen petroleum products such as gasoline oil were involved you're not going to induce the vomiting and then EC concentrates you wouldn't want to have them vomit that or any corrosive poisonings or strong acids or bases that were ingested do not need to be um, brought back up through vomiting. Seek medical attention. Take the label to the doctor when you've been exposed or when your co-workers exposed to the pesticide. And keep extra copies of the label and MSD in your vehicle and office for emergencies. Told you that again, guys. Keep it in, keep it in a notebook. Um, Emergencies, National Poison Control, and then the National Pesticide Information uh, Center. Please call those numbers. And then heat stress caused by heat, not pesticide exposure. Wearing PP increases risks. You're wearing that hot plastic suit, you know, face goggles, respirator. You know, you're going to get hot. Symptoms are going to include fatigue, dizziness, altered behavior. You're going to have clammy skin, or it's going to be hot, dry skin. 
headache, nauseous, and then you're going to get chills. Have you ever worked outside in 95 degree weather and get chills? I have. It's a scary thing. I mean, it is, you're sweating to death. It's 95 degrees, and then all of a sudden you get this cold chill where you're just like, it's like you're freezing. You've gotten too hot. Severe thirst. I keep that continuously. Heavy sweating or a lack of sweating. See a doctor annually, guys. Take precautions. You know, get regular exercise, something that I don't do. And then eat a balanced diet, something that I don't do, especially when teaching school. Uh, and drink lots of water. I do that. And then wash hands and face regularly. It's kind of become a habit for me. And then keep food, etc., away from your application equipment. Um, you're going to keep it away from your equipment. Problem is, is when you go somewhere and get drive-through, you sit on the back of the tailgate eating your eating your sandwich before you apply the the pesticide to the next next customer's yard. Uh, be careful when you do that. Hopefully, you're not keeping your tomato soup next to your Roundup. All right. In summary, hazard. The same thing is toxicity times exposure. Uh, we have contact, systemic, or allergic effects, uh, routes of entry, skin, eyes, mouth, and lungs. Skin is also called dermal. You may even hear eye exposure called ocular, mouth, oral, lungs, inhalation. Use least toxic pesticides. Always use PPE. And known symptoms of acute and chronic exposure. Um, and know your first aid. Ladies and gentlemen, that'll wrap up this lecture. Um, please stay tuned for the next lecture, and I will see you then.